and welcome to another edition of Calling the Audible. I'm your host, Mo Con, along with my co-host, PZ Delarizzi, Eagle in the Nest. What's happening, gentlemen? Um, so for those who saw the uh, opening graphic of, uh, of Calling the Audible, um, Eagle caught it in the nick of time here that he misrepresented what episode this is. It is episode four. But if you look at this thing here, and please, I'll ask you as the um, tiebreaker, mm-hmm. flag football calling the audible. Should we not put flag plus football presents calling the audible? It can be. It can be. I do like, by the way, this is, and this is, um, it's a minor mutiny from the creatives of FPF, me, Eagle, and, and, and Duke. Uh, Duke being the guy who does the graphics. Because calling the audible has kind of like always been like a, a thing we've done. Like yourself, Mo, and, and me and Eagle, like, you know, it's, it's, it's part of FPF, but it's our baby, yeah. right? And so I love that it's twice the size of Flight Plus Football. <laughs> I do love that. Well, I do love well, that. That's, we, that's we a little mutiny on behalf of Duke. With a big budget, we have a rustic background. That's how big we are now. We're balling now with the rustic yeah. backgrounds in, in, in the studio and stuff. I'll be back in studio next week. I can make you really second. small, too, here. Look at that. It's pretty good. Look at that, eh? Hey, maybe that. it's just because it's cold. You know what? To, in, in protest of FPF, let's put this graphic of us over the FPF logo. So no one knows what league we're talking about, right? Yeah, it could be MFL. Exactly. I could be Will Power, and you could be uh, Theo Babylon. Like Dana. Theo. What's his name? Terry Babylon. There you go. The Babylon Club. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's dive into it. It is episode four, and uh, a reminder, as we approach the halfway point of the season in the next 10 days or so, uh, some teams, most of the teams have played four games. Some have played three games. And if you read right below how many games you need to be eligible. It is five games to be eligible for your playoff run. So for those teams who are looking to get guys eligible or perhaps bring on a player or two for the stretch run, now's the time to bring them in so you have that runway to work with to get them ready to go for the playoff run in late August, early September. So five games, as you see right underneath my screen, is flashing across the board that you need to be eligible for the playoff run. Also, though, if you're going to be playing against hostile sports in the, in the playoffs and you do want to miss a playoff game for no reason, um, I highly urge you to start missing games now. Also, I could have totally automated this on and off, but I did it manually I, I, instead because it's way more fun. I literally see you in the corner of my eye clicking the, the, the space bar on and off. Um, no value. That's his way of making fun of us. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> How fast can I go? It's giving me a seizure. Um, yeah, so no, if your best player just wants to miss games or, you know, not have a jersey, that's fine. That'd be awesome. I'd appreciate that. And another thing to add, um, if there is an issue with the games played, I recommend all captains to reach out to FPF and any date Simon Dagenet with email inquiries if mm. my guy has played X Even if it's not true, it's going to waste so much of Simon's time to investigate. <laughs> please. So please do it. Please do <laughs> it. I encourage you because Simon needs uh, the, the excitement in his life. Since he's not playing. Simo's in this thing where, like, every season, he kind of gets more responsibility and does less work. And I don't know how he's done it. It's it's the height of white yeah. privilege, isn't it, Mo? Like, to, to just get paid to do less and less and less. It's the peace formula. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad, to be fair. Although I did I did give myself a writing assignment this season for no reason because I didn't have to. But uh, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And let's dive into the week that was. Uh First off, do we have uh, any highlights here, Eagle? Uh, did uh, Chris Rive send us that uh, immaculate highlight uh, reel he posted or he did on the We weekend, have one for no? FPF Junior. I mean, we also have a game of the week that happened. So we got uh, Tutson Parley versus the Blackouts. Um, so that's available on our YouTube. You want to check that out, Mo? Yeah, let's check it yeah, out, maybe man. Just, Bring on the highlights. Just put that in while we're talking. 
and we can we can just talk about that game. But you know, we won't talk about it more specifically because you can watch what's happening. And if you if you're listening to the show, you can go to YouTube and watch it. But you know, as things happen in the game, we can go back to it and and uh, reference it, right? So blackouts are really good, by the way. This is a Wait, game from last from week, two weeks ago. What what is going on here, Eagle? No, this is their most recent game that it's, was just it's posted. Not. They, they played, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, they, yeah, Eagle. They, they played two weeks ago. Get this this is uh, they, they played against. I understand. I'm saying this is the most recent post from Chris Rive from a content perspective. So he if also you want to watch okay. the game. Watch the game. He also posted okay. FPF Junior. Yeah, but this is an adult show. Just saying. I know. All right. Um, anyway, let, let, let's let's scrap this game here. Let's get to our faces. Let's because they played Clinkers this week. Uh, did uh, Black? They did. They did play Clinkers, and I was there for the game. And let me tell you one thing, okay, peace. It didn't take long. For Mark Andre Delonier, the tongue man himself, to get an OC in the first three minutes of action, mm-hmm. which he was sent off for ten plays, and Clinkers just couldn't find themselves in rhythm. And I'll give Tuts and Parlays their full props. This wasn't a pretty game from a from a, a from a sexy edge point, but their defense played well and came out with big stops in the in the first half, going towards the second half. And that's a big one for Tetson Parlays because, again, we look at this highlights against Black Ops. This is a game that left a sour taste in their mouths, but coming away with a win over Clinkers, I think gives them that renewed optimism that they can definitely compete with the top end of the league in terms of the uh, comp- uh, the parity level that we have in this league. Agreed. Um, and the thing is, like with um, that game specifically, and, and I, I talked to him after the game because I was surprised, not, not by the outcome, but by the score. And... Uh, he told me like after he got frustrated early and then he got that penalty and then that kind of threw him off the rest of the game. I told him like, dude, like I used to trash talk as much, if not more than anybody. Eagle, you've been on those teams. You've been Your the trash talk is awful, by the way. Well, now you it's... just point out like facts. <laughs> yeah. Like you dropped that ball. I uh, know. But the, the thing is, is like um, I don't trash talk anymore because 10 plays when you're the quarterback, you can't you can't put your team in that position. It's a complete lack of leadership. Um, and so I realized that after my first season at quarterback and when that rule changed, I was like, ah, yeah, it's not worth it. So like now I literally don't say a word unless I'm just sort of joking around or, you know, having a good time. But I, I, when I get upset, I just internalize it and I'll scream at somebody or like, you know, uh, I don't know, break someone's window in the parking lot or something. Don't do that. That was just a joke. I don't do that. You shouldn't do it either. No, I, I wouldn't do that either. But, but I think, look, that's the parlays. We'll see what they do. We'll talk about them more in that division. One game that was the part of the game of the week was uh, Braves against Contraband mm. in Division yeah. A. And we we, talk, and we I, set it up as game of the week. Like it wasn't we did. the official we game, of the, game week, of the week, but it was a great game. And so it came down to the last play with Pilon scoring the game-winning touchdown for Braves. But I'll give you two plays in this game that turned uh, in favor for the Braves. Um, late first half, the cons had the ball. And Lazara down Lazara throws an INT. And that nullified any chance to perhaps go up at halftime or be close enough at halftime. And unfortunately for the Braves, they couldn't cash in for points at the end of the first half. So that was a lost drive for, for Lazara. What really sealed the game in terms of how the outlook came out in favor of the Braves, on the game-winning drive by the Braves, on a 4th and 11 or 4th and 10, whatever it was, Joe Mayo made a clutch throw and J.D. Chevalier made a clutch grab and extend the games down and eventually scored in the last play. Now, look, were both teams sloppy? Yes, they were, because they both had touched 20 minutes prior to this game. But, but please, let's say this right now. Best on best, when it comes to the parity of this right now, 
that gap is closing with the cons and with the Braves. Unfortunately for the cons, it was two, if not three, misplays that cost them this victory or this cost them this game over the Braves on Sunday. The higher the talent level, the smaller the margin of victory is, right? So it literally will always come down to two or three mistakes uh, in this kind of game. And the good thing for Contraband is they have a rematch. And I actually, I think they're going to split it. I think whoever was going to win this game was not likely to win the next game. It's hard to beat any team twice in a season. And it's especially hard when the teams are this close. Um, and, you know, Dan Lazara made the mistake, right? He had the interception. J.D. Chevalier picked him off. Mo, you were there. Were the, what were the other mistakes that you think changed the course of the game? Well, I think I think the inability of both teams to, to cash in on extra points, I think that hurt a little bit. But it was evenly matched up. I think there were some there were some miscues, mental miscues by both teams on the defensive side perspective. Things here like prolonged plays for the quarterbacks. I just thought early on, when you look at it from you know how it is, peace, right? In a finals matchup, whether it's pro or this level of, of sports, there's that angst, right? That 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 oh, I don't want to make a mistake early on that might cost us a, a, a big play or two. And I thought both teams were cautious at first. But then they finally found their rhythm. They found their character and got going in that in that middle part of the first half. And when I look back to that, sorry, sorry go, go ahead, Mo. I was gonna say, and when, when I look back to that pick, that I to that Dan threw late in the first half, had they scored those points, and you know, piece a late first half touchdown just changes the script going towards the second half. I thought that would have given them even more confidence to say, like, we can probably close out this team in the second half of this matchup. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I, I, I th- as you were explaining that, I just thought of this game, and it's not the same, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but I remembered the the finals where D-Boys played against Montreal's Finest. And yeah. I think Marco started with three interceptions and Kevin White started with two interceptions. It was five interceptions on the board before there was a touchdown. Do you remember that game? I, I do. It was it was a pick fest, right? Like, yeah, it was and one it, but it ended up being an another. incredible game, but... Just both teams were so cautious to start the game and they lit more mistakes because of how tense they were. And then when both teams kind of let loose, we were privy to this, this you know, offensive explosion in, in the later part of that game. And, you know, it, it didn't manifest in that way here. It, both teams just got on the board and continued scoring. But I know what you mean that when, when, when you start with that, thing, you know, a little bit of tension is good. It's important. You need to feel the nerves when you go into a game. But, it, you know, you need to at some point get to your game. And so... Um, I guess I guess in this case the Braves just got there first. Yeah, no, no question about that. Uh, what caught your attention, piece, in terms of the other games in the, in the division or across the league well, itself? I, I want to bring up a team specifically, and I don't I don't love to talk about my games. We talked about my game at length last week, just because it was game of the week. But um, I don't want to talk about my team, but I'll talk about the team we played against, Balling Sixties. And the reason why is because their team we haven't they're not familiar to us. Uh, they're in Division D. Uh, we've talked about them a little bit in the past, but kind of. We weren't familiar with any of the names, right? So it was, it was always cursory. So this is the first time I had to see them in person. They're better. They're a lot better than the record is. Um, Frank Colatrella said that we would beat them by 60. If I played a perfect game, we would never beat them by 60. They, they, they managed the ball well on offense. They dropped three touchdowns. We didn't deserve to win the game. We did not play well at all. And we only won because we're more experienced and we can handle, we, we handle the adversity better than they did. Um, Joseph Cravello has a great arm. He, like, he literally threw the ball almost out of the back of the end zone from a heave 
from the t- from the the starting point. You know, I think we 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 started a ten yard line eagle. Yeah. So yeah, like he he was able to from his own end zone throw it through the other end zone. Not common in the lower divisions. Um, and throws a nice deep ball. He moves around too much. Um, and the 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 the, uh, the, the players uh, on the team let him down. They 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 weren't able to make catches. They they actually implemented a lot of shoots in their defense later in the game, which I was impressed by because you don't see that often in low divisions. The way they executed it was like a low division team. They would shoot to a gap even if there was no routes coming that way. So then once I saw that happening, I could just call plays that were there were guys going to gaps. And so again, I'm so impressed by what they know so early in their FPF career and with their athleticism. And once they learn sort of this much more, and for those just listening, my fingers are very close. Um, when they learn this much more, they're going to be a team to contend with. Um, I, I was, I, I came away with that game, very worried about us, and very impressed by them. So, how many losses? What, what's the combined total points they've lost now? They, they lost to you guys by seven. Is was what's the rest of the schedule for um, Bond sixties of losses so far? They lost by so seven to you guys. Bruins, Vultures, Tough Lungs replacements, Kiss My End Zone, Sparrows Legion, and Glow Gang left. And yeah, they got uh, blown out in their first game, blown out in their second game, and the third game was pretty close. But they, yeah, they, it's like, it's they also they, they're starting. It's the first time in, they're in this division, right? So the first couple of weeks, it's going to take them a, a second to find their legs. And honestly, yeah. like you know, we ended with the ball. It, it was essentially a two-score game for most of the game. So. You know, it is what it is. But like I'm like I'm saying, like the the, the score sheet doesn't even tell you the story. Twenty six nineteen. It doesn't like again. The, the game had some distance, but in reality, they shouldn't even have been down. They should have won this game. They should have absolutely won this game. So a game that I saw was Los Cietes, so Los Siete Amigos against Top Season, mm-hmm. and I, I'm starting to get I'm starting to buy into the uh, Kool Aid of. Uh, LSA and how they are. Yeah. This is a fun team. This is a team that plays and, and they can adapt to different styles. They can run it on you. They can keep it pass and keep it simple. But they got so many explosive players on this roster piece that this scoreline was not indicative of them winning 41-35. This should have been a two-score win for them. And I, and I wonder now for, for top season, I know we spoke about them a couple weeks ago, but it just feels like they're just missing – ingredients to that roster they have players asani royals on this roster who's phenomenal we've seen him play uh, and al gordon thomas is phenomenal as well mm-hmm. uh, you look at ryan mcgrath who's who's receiving this year as opposed to the quarterback that he normally is they got ballers tequan john is a baller Absolutely. but the it just feels like the is, secondary players on the team that that's yeah they, they try to keep this team together as much as possible in as low a division as possible for as long as possible i think it's going to bite them because um they, rather than moving up with the best version of their squad, they always lose a piece or two. And I feel as though that's exactly what's happening, is they don't look as good. But they also didn't have their quarterback this week, from what I'm seeing. Was no, he... Will Sabag was the quarterback, and unfortunately he's not He's not the answer. I mean, look, whether he's going to be there or not afterwards, but he's not the answer for them. He, he's not. Like, too many... Because it wasn't Bradley many... Perron the quarterback to start the season? I forget. I know they had a rotation of characters, but the thing is, a top season is that when I look at Sabag as a quarterback, look at the numbers. Let's go back to the box score, Eagle, for a minute, please. Here, show it to everyone right now. Look at the targets. Right, Hassan Worrell only had six targets. I think he went four for six. Yeah. But this is a guy that's a mismatched nightmare with with mm-hmm. with with agility piece to to score and make people miss. Get yeah. him the ball. 
get your playmakers the ball. And I just thought Sabag was was very uh, unorthodox, very not careless, but he was almost erratic at times with what he was reading on the football field. And LSA just looked relaxed out there. Fafalx playing phenomenal uh, running and throwing the football. And that defense can ball with the best. And Benjamin Reed, as we spoke about in years past about him, had a big play in this matchup here. So LSA, I think, we'll talk about next week in terms of the halfway point of the year, but this is a team I think is growing in confidence and stature of being one of the contenders for this division title. I agree. I agree. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're good. They're a good team, man. It's, uh, I've said it for a while now. It, it, it's, I don't know why it surprises you. I've been saying it for like a couple of seasons that they're going to be a good team very soon, and they're here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't pay attention bees you know clearly people. clearly not i've been talking about these guys for a long time um, anything else to call your attention division e i know i know you're the e guy and uh, i was actually going to transition into d quickly um, go ahead go ahead uh blessed uh bb ballers uh this is a game we were split on uh so even though i'm smashing you in our picks uh b ballers uh took this loss i i you took them right i took b ballers to win that game yeah <laughs> Because uh, they, they were pissed at you, Bless. And hey, listen, tell Peace to actually do some research. I'm like, what do we pick? I don't remember what we picked. <laughs> and that's, I, I, that gets me every week when people expect us to remember what we say on the show. I know. Um, no, like, I, like, the thing is, like, it's not that I don't know Bless they're good. I think they're really good. It's also, they won by four points. So maybe chill a little bit with the research. Well, no, no, maybe but hold on. Be that's better? the scoreline. Not indicative of what the scoreline was, Peace. Because yeah, I, mean, I, I but the final score game. is the final score, right? Or is it not the final score? Is the game still happening? No, be, well, here's the thing, Peace. I scored kept this game. They had a, I think it was a three score uh, lead at one point, and they they chipped away here. But also oh, they're soft, and they let they let uh, B ballers get back into the game, and they didn't deserve to win. Got it. Well, cool. Gianni Cassati. I'm making enemies, two. Mo. I'm trying to make an enemy. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Nick Dan's not playing for them, but Gianni I know, I hate bad. it. I miss that. I, I don't know. have him to, to 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 make fun of every week. Cassati uh, had a bad first half. Uh, he made some bad throws. They they, they fooled him. Uh, Svetna, yeah. these guys uh, bamboozled them. They they literally fell into their traps, and Bless was able to exploit those mistakes to their advantage for points for, and they were in complete control. And, and Stephen Howard Prasad was meticulous, and we have a, a cool side about him later on in the show, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about. But he was meticulous, surgical. Uh, he was he was smart in how he called his plays, and I thought that's where we talk about experience pieces. Say with you guys, how you be um, born sixties. I think experience was the determining factor in why Bless yeah. beat B ballers on on uh, on the Broadstar game last week. And to be clear, like I just I think these are two really good teams, and like I'm looking at the defense, and I can see, you know, Johnny Casati, who again played outside of FPF, and is coming in with knowledge, but he's also playing. It's still a different league. There's still there's still like a, a minutia that's different from 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 this league to others. Um, and looking at that defense, like having to face Isaiah Lard, Will Power, Kevin Smuda, Jonathan Svetna, and Marvin Steinberg, is it? That's a ridiculous defense, right? Like it's as length, good as as good size, as is on offense, on defense, yeah. they're ridiculous. So look, look at the length, look at the size, look at the speed. They all have, yeah, they have, they have all three uh, ingredients for a perfect recipe for that roster. So it was phenomenal. It was a great game. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I wouldn't mind seeing these two teams. Go at it again in the playoffs if that's going to be the the, the cards play out in, in September. But I think it was a lesson learned for B ballers because as as great as they've been and they they've they were rocking out of the out of the gates here and how well they've been. Peace. This was one of those losses that we can look back and say maybe it turned their season around to understand they have to make their adjustments 
and be better than what they were last week. To me, um, you see Charles Verreau only having two targets in this game. You mentioned, like, in the previous game, get the ball to your stars. Like, you need to find a way to get Charles Verreau open. Like, he's a really, really good FPF player. Like, the guy in less than 200 catches has 69 nice touchdowns. Yeah. So, no, for sure. That, like, find a way to use that. You know yeah, what I mean? for sure. For sure. Uh, Division E, uh, the best game, uh, Ravens. Uh, green means go. Green means go wins the game over the Ravens. Um, before we get into the topics here, Pease, um, I, I saw from where I was, I didn't fully focus on it because I was watching my games, scorekeeping mm-hmm. them and stuff. But from what I gather, this was a, a an even game of how it played out in terms of the uh, play con from both sides here. And the execution, and you see it by the scoreline being a 5.1 for Green means go. Um, again, Ravens are a really good defense, but I think this Green means go's team was a big one for them for their confidence moving towards the second half of the season. Um, so this was the most surprising week for me in uh, Division E, which is good because Division E is usually very pre- predictable because there's usually a very clear top end where you have a combination of really talented young teams uh, who are just fast and a menace that are harder for some of the less athletic teams and then experienced teams. And Green means go and Ravens, like, so you have sort of, the Ravens have that explosive factor uh, with a bit of experience, but Green, Green means go, obviously the wealth of experience on that team is impressive. But I didn't think yeah. they had a chance to win the game. I thought just the, the physical advantage on Ravens was a big deal. And they, they represent one of several surprising uh, results. Like, I didn't, I didn't think menace to sobriety would beat Oscar's Hockey School. I didn't think Orioles yeah, would tell get me about hammered it. by a blast from the past. Um, so this shows me, th- this made me insanely happy. I know, again, teams, when we pick against them, take it personally because whatever Michael Jordan told him to do so and then in his documentary about himself, of stories we already knew about. But the thing is, is that um, when, when, you, when you see this in, in a low division, to me, it's the best possible scenario. It's, you, right. you don't want to have blowouts every week. You don't want to be. You don't want it to be a predictable division. You don't want to know by week three who's going to win the championship. And it's cool to see that a lot of the top dogs that we had pegged to be the best teams in the division, guys who I've ranked highly in my power rankings every week, like Ravens. To me, I ranked them at one before, even though they they had a bye week one, just because mm-hmm. of how how good I expected the team to be. And you know what? It's it's great. It's it's great for the division. It's good great, and you know what. I, I, I mean, we'll talk about it now in our topics of Division E as we get into that right now. Um, I thought we were doing that smooth trans- transition. I was trying to just get you up there. We are. We are. And, and that's why, you know, when we look at the, 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 the favorites from each conference here, Pease, do we have a clear picture now? Going no, to the we, have, we have a less clear picture. I, to me, we have a less clear picture by a lot. Like, is, cause do, you, do you not think Ravens are, are a front runner? Do you not think Oreo's talent is going to be one of the best teams in the division? Like, you know, do, I, I don't, you were high on Oscars Hockey School. Do you think Menace to Sobriety are legitimately better and will beat them 10 times out of 10? Let me tell you something about Oscars Hockey School, okay? They bring out a crowd. They brought okay. like 30 people to Laval. How about time. answering my question, though? I'm just saying, though. I'm just trying to say, though. Look, you know, but no, to, to answer your question, though. Hey, we had a fan this week, so you're like, yeah, catching up, catching up. Yeah, and, and look, when you look at each conference right now and and i know we can't look at the stats as closely in terms of the win loss um point differential per game here but 
I've noticed a trend, Pees, that we're seeing a lot of these Division E games come down to the last five plays. Mm-hmm. At most, last minute of play. I saw so, it with Melons against Save the Turtles this week where it came down to the last five plays. Turf Turtles. It was a good game. It was a really good game for both teams. And I thought both teams played really well, but Save the Turtles have a much better defense at this point. Turf yeah, and, and the thing is, I think now, moving towards this second half of the season, piece, we're going to see a few more upsets of the higher-ranked Division E teams from the bottom half of each conference um, yeah. in the next few weeks here. I, I look, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like to me, I have a less clear picture of who the top teams are because I expected Suicide Squad to be good, and then they struggled early, and then they destroyed V Town, who looked really good last week, right? And then you know, um, it, just across the board. The one thing I will say: Has there ever been of all the teams named Balls Deep? Because clearly, people keep thinking this is a clever name because it keeps getting reused, even though I always think it's kind of cheesy. Um, has there ever been a, a team called Balls Deep win a championship in FPF? No. Can we retire the name, please? Can you please just find something more creative? From my, and we can ask our historian on site, GM uh, Collethers, for that stuff, but I don't even think a Balls Deep team has had a positive win record. There we go. Like, there we go. If, 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 how many Balls Deep teams have we had in this league? That's too many. The first, time, the first time a team was called Balls Deep, I was like, ha, can't believe Rob, Rob allowed that. And then, like, each subsequent time, it got less and less funny. It's not like a fart noise. A fart noise I will always laugh at. Like if, if, if there were, say, six teams named Balls Deep, if we put them in, in a, a playoff bracket, do you think we'd get one in the finals? I don't think any of them would win. So Even if they're only playing each other, dude, nobody would win. Everyone we, would lose. <laughs> winter 2010, winter 2013, spring 2013, winter 2014, winter 2015, winter 2016, winter 2018, summer 2019, winter 2020, summer 2021. There's two of them, Balls with that and Balls with an apostrophe. And in summer 2017, we had Going Deep as well. And in terms of ball, I mean, there's I don't even know how many variants. I'm not going to get into. Yeah, but it's that. fine. Like again, it's not it's not the ball joke that I don't that I dislike. No. I think I think you could be clever with it. But it is balls deep. It's it's kind of played out at this point. Change, right. So also, team. there's also a summer 2009. My list was too big. So we're at like at least 12. Okay, like if you so go ball we, shallow, we get, I would prefer that. We could in theory get one team in the final four in theory. Maybe, but I doubt it. We we have two right now in FPF. So who's your front uh, runner conference A if we're looking at this list here? Well, that's what I was going to ask you, right? Because look, this week Where we you have know? the top. Where are you? Yeah, we have the top two Eventually. teams, Eagle, going at each other this week. Greenies go against. Uh, why is his name? Uh, as as it's not the Elini, but it's been what? Pinchellos or Pinchellos? Pinchellos, right? They're playing each other this week here, Peas. I don't even think either of these teams are front runner, to be honest. But okay, I'm, but, but I'm wrong so but, far. Right. So who who? Do you think this loss would hurt more in the long run in terms of I mean, what we have right now? Neither, because I expect both to make the playoffs. Um, right, but in the overall seedings, because in theory, let's just say Green, Mean, Green Means Go loses to uh, to them this week, okay? Pinchellos. In theory, Pinchellos. Uh, in theory, V-Town could be in first place by Monday night. And they're in fifth yeah. place right now. Yeah. Right? So, so right now, one through five, it's still undetermined of uh to be determined who's going to finish where but this loss could set back one of these teams and going from okay. a one or two I mean, seed to a five seed i'll bite i i think the one who it'll affect is pincello's more so than green means go because the dave allen factor right like dave allen 
Everyone in FPF has played against him at one point because I think he was not only there when the league was created, but when Sand itself was created. Like to me, he's he's uh, he's synonymous with FPF. I saw him playing in my first day at FPF. He was at the field next to us, and I was like, I want to be that guy. Um, and it's coming close. I got to do is shave your head and grow a white beard. Yeah, but he's already. Oh, you got beeped out. You got you got beeped <laughs> so you out. I have to blow my nose Deep. and I muted both Just by accident. Mute your own mic. <laughs> um, the thing is, is that um, like I I I'm impressed by them more so than I thought I'd be. And the thing is, is also it's kind of like having the the quote unquote veteran leadership. Like if things start to go sideways for a couple of games, like if they drop two in a row, I'm not really worried about them. Like they'll be fine. My worry is just I don't know if they can they can run the table against against the top dogs. I've been wrong so far, so continue proving me wrong. Pincello's, I think they're a volatile group, and I think they're more susceptible to falling apart if things don't go well. Yeah, I think Pincello's needs this victory more than Greeming means go. I think for them, if they were to get this victory, they would be four and one at the halfway point of the season. They would control their number one seed fate going towards the final five games of the year. And when you see the teams below them, Pease, you, you got Ravens. I'm oh, sorry, but you got Raymakers. You got V-Town, Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. The, I think those three teams have issues. I mean, I watched Raymakers play again this past week. I think their offense is probably still in developmental role, like trial and error with, with Derek Castro and quarterback. But they have to put a string of wins together, Pinchellos, and kind of stiff arm the competition below them so they don't fall into that pack of teams and they end up with a terrible playoff matchup in the first round than playing whoever they might play as a two-seed, if not a one-seed, come September. Yeah. The thing is, like I said, it just I think when we're looking at the standings right now, I don't expect Trailer Park Boys to be at the bottom for very long. Uh, I don't expect Oreos to get whipped that way very very often. Um you know, Ravens expect to be better as well. Uh, Suicide Squad, like I said, they took an early loss. Melons are the, t- the type of team they're going to be annoying by playoff time because they'll probably finish five and five. But like you said, like they're already good and they're going to get better as they learn FPF, right? So when you get blast from the past, they fudged up the Oreos. You see that word fudged up the Oreos, huh? Right. You like that? Although I think in my article, the first article of the season, I mentioned how the the fudged Oreos were to me a misstep like it's it's up there with the golden oreos you got to get better like there's there's some oreo flavors that really work but like listen fudgy already fudgy already exists you already won that battle nobody likes it why'd you make your own version of that come on oreo be better double be stuff oreos Christmas. are pretty good though when i see oreo cookies i love double stuff they're the best i feel ones. used to i feel because mo doesn't eat anything now he's he's he sustains no. on rice cra- rice on, cakes like a and paleo areas. diet or something um, no, man. I don't, eat, I don't eat red meat anymore, man. That's all. There's no red meat in Oreos. I've, I've heard I about that. I know. Um, I know. The, but anyway. The other thing is, <laughs> with, with, with regards to the Oreos, though, like, I worry with the double stuffed is that the the ratio of cream to cookie is not adequate. I feel like it's it just... True. You know, because the, the balance of the original Oreo is really what makes it a special cookie. Yeah, but you know when you got that much cream in your mouth, I mean it's it's it's, it's a special experience. Special experience. You, you, you know you what they're probably taste. doing? It's probably a cost-effective measure where yeah. they're reducing <laughs> the amount in the regular Oreo and then adding it to the double stuff and charging you more for because, it. Because because paying 0.06 cents per cookie was already too expensive. I'm not, I'm not right. a big fudgeo guy though. I don't. I'm not. A big well, that's what I'm saying. A, a, a fudge Oreo is basically a glorified fudgeo. 
Yeah. Yeah, which is terrible. So anyway, so which is so, the worst of cookies? We can all agree, right? Yes. So, Fudge the worst cookie of all time. Yeah, it's, it's not one of my favorites. There I, we go. Uh, so, so Blast unless they want to sponsor this fudge. podcast, in which case, Fudge, your best cookie of all time. Exactly. Which one was the little raspberry thing in the middle? Oh, oh I just no. I have fun. See, I don't like them, but my grandmother used to have yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. When she was yeah. alive, and so like I can't hate them because it reminds me of my grandmother. No, I, I don't like them. So yeah, me so neither. Blast, but I gotta eat them every time I see them. Of course, and I cry. So Blast of the Past fudged up Oreos, right? So the next two games for Blast of the Past is Dilly Dilly and Turtles. Um, yeah. They're two and two piece. If they could put together a, a run of wins here, would you put them in that equation of being a contender for that conference right now, moving towards the second half of the season? So there, there are a lot of guys who haven't played in a long time, but there are a lot of guys we know were really good. And Frank Renier is a good quarterback. He's smart. He has an FPF caliber playbook, and he has got a good arm. And a lot of teams in Division E don't have that. So they have a competitive advantage coming in. When I saw him... Throwing in the V, I was like, man, that's dicey because I know he hasn't played in a long time, but he's still a capable quarterback. Like in a division where a lot of guys aren't quarterbacks, right? So um, they have that as an advantage. I I tend to not pick teams long term that don't have elite athleticism because in FPF throughout time, athleticism usually wins unless it's the U. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the U's another team for those who don't know who, who are always unathletic but always won. Well, they I also think, gotten more athletic through the seasons, right? <laughs> you don't think this roster is athletic? Like you have, I know it's it's I'll call it, it's it legacy aging. players, it, but you have a, like Adrien Leboeuf Francais des Autois. You have Maurice mm-hmm. Dickmans who's back. Hyman Long's on this roster okay. too as a receiver DB this time around. So mm-hmm. besides that, I mean, he also can which, be which, in the playbook. Which, which, and Dykins also he can is, sell you some sick ass gloves, but which yeah, which but gut, which, which is the receiver that scares right you, Eagle? If you're game planning, who who terrifies you? For me, it would be uh, Adrien Dzotois because I've played with him and I know how good he is. Oh, he's good, but I'm not like it's he's not he's not like matchup proof. No, but Dykeman's I believe is right? top three right now in receiving yards in in, in this division. Yeah. I get. I think he has the most targets as well. But, but this isn't. This also isn't a roster that you game plan against an individual, right? Like it's a system team mm-hmm. where you have to shut down the whole system. You have to take away the entire playbook. You have to force Granny to go to second or third read. Have to dance in the pocket, f- buy some time or whatever it is, which clearly is not what he's good at. Yeah. So that's no. how you would beat a roster like this. It's not shutting down an individual. It's shutting down. The it, playbook. It just to me, like, and I wasn't there for that game. I just I was talking to John Edgehill, uh, who's. He was at the game. Um, I think he might have score kept it. Um, no, he's in Brock. No, this is in Brossard, actually. Brock, okay, so he then maybe he just got the information from his brother. But A, they had, the Oreos had their, you know, Justin Charles is throwing, and I think Justin Charles is excellent. We also discussed last week how they had, although he wasn't there this week, Trey Bentley, who's arguably a better quarterback on the roster, right? So this might already be the turning point where they turned it to Trey. Um, the other thing is, I would just imagine... With that roster, why didn't the Orioles just man up across the board and force Frank Grenier to make accurate throws? You know, like, I wasn't there, so I don't know if that's what they did, but Orioles win every matchup across the board if they play man, right? There's not a single person on Blast from the Past who can win their matchup every time. No, but but at some point, the bubble was going to burst for Orioles. They were going to lose a game, and this is a bad loss, yeah. and I think for yeah. them, they It's the kind of loss. team they would lose to, right? Like They're going to yeah, lose to a team it, that just knows more than they do. It's sort of like, to use a college basketball uh, comparison piece, it's sort of like um, 
blast them past like the Wisconsin half court, right? They're going to slow it down, <sighs> play to their, make you play to their strengths. Why would you insult right? anyone and compare them to Wisconsin basketball? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I mean, the book on Giannis, right? They won the NBA title. So Wisconsin is what I thought of. Yeah. And the Orioles are that, you know, high, you know, press fest. We're going to run it up and down the court, eight seconds or less type of offense. And when you see how, and, I, and look, I think the Orioles are a very athletically gifted team. There's no question about that. But this blast from the past is your typical YMCA Sunday basketball team that's going to just muck it up and make things difficult. And that's what happened. They just kind of ran into a swamp of, of, yeah. of, of players from blast from the past, and Orioles couldn't figure it out. And Most this important question, be... though, for this analysis is, yes. should, should Wisconsin college sports be banned from ever playing again? For college basketball, yes. And college football. It's pretty boring in football, too. What if no, football, they're, they're competitive, man. They'll, they'll be Ohio State. Well, they're going to be sixth every year and never win a championship? Right? No, they always go deep. I give them props. I really? give them that. Okay. They always get blown out. They, look, they always make it to the Rose Bowl every, like, three Yeah, exactly. They're the date that finally says yes to go to the prom. They're the backup, 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 backup plan. Yeah, every four years they get a call-up. Hey, you're coming up. But, look, I, I think now for Orioles, and they got Mythics coming up this week. Mm-hmm. This is a big game because Orioles, if they were to lose, they would fall down even further in, in the ladder of, of, of team rankings right now. They are in second place, Pease. How important is this game this week for Mythics against Orioles? Because the O's need this victory, but Mythics are kind of hovering not too far from them in the overall standings. Well, Mythics were surprisingly good their first week, right? And then they they didn't have Vitz in Cantani the second week. And then they, they had him and got blown out in the third week. And um, they're kind of up and down, right? So I don't even know what to make of the team. I haven't seen them in person yet. So I'm kind of going to reserve judgment a little bit. But this, to your point, Mo, this is going to dictate what um, the season is for both teams, I think. This is kind of like a line in the sand kind of game. So um, I can't comment. I don't know the players the way I do on Oreos. And I I don't, I haven't, I haven't seen, you know, we just, there's so many teams at PF. We try to see as much of them as possible. But I just haven't been at the field at the same time as them, right? So right. their schedules haven't crossed. But from what I can see, they seem to be a little inconsistent. Um, and if they win this game, it shows me that they can put it all together. And if they, they can't win the game, it means to me that they're not going to be a legitimate contender this season because that is going to continue to plague them. Right, right. Well, that's it. I think, I think for Mythics, if they were to win this game against the O's this week, it, it, Orioles it, too long to say. I just use the O's. Why not, man? You know, you, you, you change it from three Orioles, syllables to Orioles, two. Orioles, you know, O's or whatever. Actually, anyway. not even. You you change it from two syllables to two. Whatever. All right. Oh, if they can beat the O's this week. Okay. Um, I think it, again, it goes back to that point that you need to get that signature victory, and this could be that win for the Mythics. That hey, they beat a so-called. No, so called a much more gifted team, athletically speaking, here that has the speed, the size um, to match up with anyone across the board. And they were to get this victory. You put yourself A, with a tiebreaker over the O's, and B, a a fair chance to be a top two seed in the playoffs. Yeah. Which, again, in that division side, if you look at the teams from top to bottom here, Pease. That's not going to be easy navigation once but the playoffs do you, roll around. Do you see? Do you see a, a possibility where Mythics win this game? They beat Oreos, but then they're still inconsistent and finish five and five. Yeah, I could because we talked about it before, right? Division E 
is starting to shape up to be the unpredictable outcomes. That it's the, it's the best division E um, I can remember. We fluked into this, by the way. Yeah, we 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 fluked into it because division E, technically speaking, has always been that developmental league, quote unquote, the lower divisions, and where you have a lot of blowouts. We didn't have enough yeah, teams to exactly. split. Exactly, right? that's my point. That we fluked into this. That there's no split. So right now we got everyone together in one big party. Well, we can't have a party, technically speaking, COVID nineteen rules. Yeah. But you get my point. And now we have this, where you and I don't know who is the heavy favorites going towards I, the next. I legitimately five can't tell you who the best team in the division is. In I anymore. can't either, please. The, t- the two teams I thought games. lost games, I thought they would win easily. Yeah, so, I, I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> and the bad batch is letting me down. Right. I might not even well, watch the show now. <laughs> it might be a waste of time for me to watch the show. Well, I can tell you, though, Division C with infantry. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the schedule piece for, and, and they're on top of the division, high scoring offense, one of the low scoring defenses, their schedule is tough. Okay. If they go on a run here and they go undefeated peas, let me tell you one thing. They've earned the right to say they are the heavy favorites to win this division because they, if they beat shit, they beat a uh, uh, blessed last game of the year. You got top sauce that's improving week by week with the new quarterback play as well. And Chase, right? This team, if they can go on skate peas, there's no doubt in my mind that they could perhaps be the favorites to win this division moving forward. So what is it about the infantry that causes us to doubt them every season? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. First off, um, if you remember Fall Cup 2020 or 2019, I beg your pardon. Mm-hmm. Um, Roy Samirgen said to Jason Rossi, Yo, bleep off and suck my bleep. Yeah, all right. So Jason Rossi is no longer the quarterback of the team. No, is a guy who's very well respected in FPF as a quarterback. They exactly. added Jalen Greaves, who's incredible. Um, Eddie Lee improves any defense he's on, and you have the submergence, right? So, like, top to bottom, this is a good team. And it's been that, like, that's been the core, let's say, like, Corey, uh, Jalen, and, and the Submergence. That's been a core for a little bit, right? So, um, a volatile core at times, but it's worked. Yeah, but, it's, but the talent level's there. And, like, Corey is the calmest guy I've seen pretty much ever. So, like, he's the guy who's going to bring it all together, right? He, he does. And I think now, and we'll get to our, our Stephen Harper stat of the week afterwards, he is probably second right now in the quarterback rankings of, of this division. But but let's not forget, though, right? Tackle football begins next month. So Jalen Grease may not be available for this team. Yeah. And if he's not... It's not the same team. It's not the same team. You yeah. know. You know was, was because he brings a dynamism to this offense and defense that cannot be duplicated by anyone else that would follow in his footsteps if he cannot come to the games in August. He played with me. Um, in a season where I'm pretty sure he was too young to play an FPF. I can admit that now. Um, and even then, where he was not as tall as he is now. Um, he was he had probably 16 or 17 years old. And like Fred Morris said at the time was like, this, this kid can ball. This kid can ball, you know? And like, um, he's only gotten better, right? So we know how good he is. We know how much it would affect the team for him not to be there. Hopefully right. he can, but obviously, look, this is a recreational league. People have commitments outside of here. So, you know, that, that's that's going to have an impact. Um, and, and this happens in, in, in springtime more than any other season, right? Where fall, fall, you know pretty much who can commit and who can't. Winter, right. 
everyone pretty much is in. And in springtime, guys are available for parts of the season and you lose them for other parts. Yeah, it's like background or other right? obligations. Yeah, background characters come more prominent, right? Yeah. But and the they, depth look, of your team matters Jaylen, a lot more. Exactly. And they can lose Jalen Greaves in about by the time this is posted up. So in about 16 days from now, Jalen Greaves could very well be in training camp for Concordia football. And that's probably into that because they're going to go heavy on practices. So he may not be first off. He may not be allowed to play. Yeah. Even if he is, well, he, he may not he's be theoretically not allowed to play. Yeah. And yeah. even if he is allowed to play, which I don't think he will be, um, he may not be like fully healthy because of the number of practices they'll be going through to get these guys yeah. ready for a tackle season for the first time in two years. So, so who's the guy? Yeah, who's the guy on the who's the guy on the roster of the less familiar names? You know, Dwante Morgan, Mike Collar, Preston Harris. Who's the guy who has to step up? Who's I, the next I think guy? See, when I look at the numbers, right, I've seen Collar play before, not bad. But I look at a guy like Duante Morgan, okay? So, so far, he has one touchdown grab, eight receptions and 12 targets. That Which, goes that's up a good, That's a good ratio, by the way. Like, that's that's fine. It's solid, right? And and he's got a – that's a 71% ratio, I think, of success rate. But he's probably going to have to see his numbers increase because if Jalen can't play for the rest of the season come August 6th and beyond, I'm not saying you can replace his production value, but it might be a collective yeah. effort of well, guys. Like, the thing is, like, so, so those targets will obviously, you know, like Rory Samarjan, Sean Samarjan, and, and Eddie Lee will get more targets than they did before. But I'm saying there needs to be like another guy, right? Like there's somebody who's not one of their main guys who needs to step up once they lose that. Because again, the depth is more important in spring season. Yeah. So you're thinking Duante Morgan, and I'm inclined to agree with you. That, that's who I was going to suggest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of suggesting, um, we look at shit and we look at Top Sauce. Middle mm-hmm. of the pack, they're starting to find their groove. I saw Top Sauce play with Patrick Jazon as a quarterback. Not bad, not bad. I mean, you know, he's not the traditional quarterback in this division or in this league. Um, when you look at it right now, Pease, at this point of the season, both have been finding their, their rhythm. Uh, do you think any of these teams can be a threat towards the top five or even being the top five of, of the rankings of, of their conference right now? Top sauce worries me because the, the, despite the top end talent on the team, it's just it's hard to go into the season having planned one thing and for that plan just to feel spectacular. By the way, I have information about Vince Nardone. His injury is a shoulder injury, and that's what affected his ability to play quarterback. He didn't want to get surgery for the season. Uh, he's not sure if he'll get surgery. Uh, this is in my conversation with Jim Calathus because he wanted to clarify what was going on because we had a conversation of like, if the regression is is because of his ability, then where does he fit in as sure. an FPF quarterback? Absolutely. But he cleared up that it's it's absolutely injury based, which makes a lot more sense now that we have all the information. Yeah, like most right. like most like Mo, you've never been the same. I've not been the same ever since that one night with uh, you and I, you know, and that finger just bent sideways. Has been awkward. June eighteenth, twenty twenty two. Peace. We'll we'll reunite again. So, and, and look, last time I, I doubted Pat Jazzon's team, Green Monster made me look really stupid in the playoffs. And, and maybe they'll do it again. And, and the talent around Patrick Jazzon is immense. But in a vacuum, if you have to choose a quarterback to play in this division, would you choose Pat Jazzon or would you choose Jake Applebaum? Jake Applebaum. Applebaum. And so at that point, then the competitive advantage has to go to the team with a better quarterback. And, and by better, I just mean more experience and someone who we can look to and say right now, right now he's, he's better than Pat Jazon is at this division. Pat Jazon might end up being the best quarterback, better quarterback of the two when it's all said and done, but we're reacting to the body work we have in front of us right now. Um, and that's, 
that's that's what I, that's how I see it. In any case, what's your thoughts on it, Mo? Yeah, I think shit has, I think shit has more. Um, they can roll a dice and they can come up with snake eyes and, and make a run here. Yeah. Whereas, whereas seeing top sauce, top sauce play, and I did see Jazz on throw again un- unorthodox, but it works. Right, it, it works because he's got athletes that can mask his. And they do two and zero with him as a starter, right? So like, yeah, and, and it's one of those like you know, it's not it's not, it's not Tim Tebow or anything, but but he's got those Tim Tebow like throws, like whoa, what is going on here, right? But but his playmakers come up big time. Yeah, well, the, 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 get... the surrounding cast there's not a better surrounding cast in no, in, there is in the division, right? Like no, um, this but... we we had this build as the top team, probably the top team, if not second best team in the division. Exactly, but if if that defense plays well, it just alleviates the pressure off of Jazon that he has to come up with a throw after throw to make that clutch play. But I look at shit right now, from where they were week one to where they are now, I just think they're starting to find their seam of success on both sides of the football here. And yeah. I think Jake Applebaum, who didn't play last year uh, because of uh, COVID and whatever other issues uh, that was going on at the time, um, they now have personified not how they looked when before COVID hit, but they are showing signs that they can be that team again that can score with the best of them and play good sound defense when it matters most late in football games if it's a close matchup. Yeah. So so that's yeah. what I see with them right now. So Pease, we look at Stephen Harry Prasad and you look at his stats this year and he's gonna kill us because you know I'm sure he's not talking about it like a no hitter. But he is not yeah. no interception yet. I believe he has twenty four touchdowns. Zero INTs. So, gentlemen, we'll do a little side bet here. Uh, when will Stephen Harper throw his first INT? Mm-hmm. And the one with the furthest like prediction has to buy coffees for everyone else. So it's I buy coffees every week though. So is it, is it just me? Right, exactly. Coffee? So it works out well. Again. <laughs> no matter so, what happens, is it just me buying coffee again? Exactly. So, and, and, so, uh, so chocolate almond milk pre- for more. Exactly. So if I pick Sheesh and you pick uh, Santars and and Eagle picks Blast or picks uh, Infantry, I beg your pardon, and he gets it right, so I have to buy one copies. So, so whoever makes the just prediction... Just to be clear, this is a statistical interception, right? Not a actual errant throw interception. Those ones are the ones I would say is Harper fault. But if it bounces off a receiver's hands Doesn't or a matter. body and gets picked, no, those ones it's also INT. Count. His first interception. INT. We'll be we'll be like Here. absolute sports meatheads. Be better. Yeah. Be better. It's your exactly. fault if it bounced off a receiver. Yeah, exactly. so I'm so, I'm going with Sheesh for right off the bat, like next game. Okay, so we lock in for Sheesh. Please, yep. we'll, we're locking for what then? I'll go uh I'll go with silent ticklers. Just because again, it's closest without going over. It's the uh, price is right rules. I'm gonna go. Just trying to choke out the eagle. Blue dreamers. Okay. Why? Why blue dreamers? Blue dreamers are really good. I understand they are good. Why blue dreamers? And I'll tell you why on our next topic. In a moment here. So blue dreamers is what I'm picking right now. So, so you're so. How, so how he, frustrating? You're, how frustrating is it though for teams who don't know Stephen Harper's side? Like he doesn't throw particularly hard. His plays are not like astounding. They're good. Sexy. They're great plays, but. When you when you see this and you're a quarterback who can like throw the ball through a wall, and you see what he does, and he doesn't have the strongest arm by any stretch, how frustrated does that make guys who don't know him because he's new to the division? Yeah, he's not a seductive thrower of the football. He's to not. me, I, I've I've been a fan from when I knew him at MFL. 
Like I've been a day one Stephen Harper side. Like I I love the dude. I literally, yeah, literally love guy. him. A plus guy. Yeah, hundred percent. And the thing is, is that again, his his ability to read, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. You literally have to fool him, which is difficult because he reads the field really well. But he's not going to throw a ball. He's not going to throw a contested ball. It's just not what he does. No, and and that schedule's not easy, please. It isn't. No. And if there's, our, but there's no there's no easy schedule division C. Division C no, is there ridiculous isn't. this year. And if if our uh, if our backroom staff was able to get the team stats up properly, we would be able to break it down even more with Jeez. the defenses yeah. out there. Uh, ETA, As I can see the frustration on Eagles yes. and PZ's face. But if you you don't because again the more like the, the show we do a lot of narrative we have a lot of fun um, to write articles with with min, with not even minimal but like flawed information. It, it makes it so difficult. And I, I, not easy. Especially not like easy. a guy like Frankie Taylor Calatrella that's his first season writing for us. I feel bad. It's hard. It's a hard job and it's made he a lot no hard. idea. He has yeah. no idea. But look, the only way that Stephen Harris will have a bad game if he has a bad game. Mm-hmm. Like well, if like the team has playoffs, a bad game. In, in the playoffs where he made that mistake. Wait, say that again just, just in case I didn't hear you properly. The no, only right. way Stephen Harpersod has a bad has a game, bad game is if he has, if a, bad he has a bad game. I was yeah. trying to be a good teammate, Mo. I, was, I, I threw exactly. you up the alley. I was with the Sugat's line of the week, you know? <laughs> yeah, I tried to be a good line. Um, <laughs> but I know what you mean because like, I, I always say this, Mo. This is, a, this is a piece classic. I always say, guys, I never make a mistake until I make my first mistake. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, it's the same exactly. kind of thing. This, exactly. this is my uncle. When people ask him, "Well, how long? Wh- how long you been in Canada for?" Oh, you know, since I arrived. <laughs> we need to make a book of all these sayings. By the way, how, right. how to say how to say a lot of things with not many? Sorry, how to say nothing with a lot of words. Um, but so I remember the finals where he made a mistake and he and he threw the post basically at a defender, and he just didn't see the defender, which they completely fooled him, and. It kind of wore on him, and like you know, I remember after that game, he, he was contemplating never playing FPF again because of how oh, man. how bothered he he's was. One of those like, quarterbacks, huh? Well, he's not, but he's that's not his personality at all. He's the most even keel dude, but it it bothered him so much. He felt like he let everyone down, um, and I remember because again, we have such a great vantage point at the finals, and they were driving towards us. I saw the safety break on it before he even wound up to throw, and I was just like. In my head, as we're calling the game, it was I think it was you and I, Mo, and I was like, in my head, I was like, don't throw it, don't throw it, don't throw it, don't throw it. And, you know, he obviously doesn't have the same vantage point that we have where we can see, the, you know, we have we have the all the all 12 look, right? The, the six on six look. And, you know, from that point on, he just wasn't the same rest of the game. Like, it needs to be that kind of mistake where he just can't settle down again. But I just think the team around him is so strong that they'll lift him up if he has that kind of moment again, you know, he's flustered. If he had goggles with the all twelve look, game changer for him. He'd be throwing. Oh, he would never throw another interception again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We'll see. Maybe he throws one, but uh, we have our picks, and the one with the furthest selection away, we'll have to buy copies for the losers. Uh, Blue well, like, Jamer. So, like, I'm, again, Elon just did the thing where we chose the, the first two games because you're most likely to have to buy copies. I know. Uh, that's okay though. Uh, Blue Dreamers three and one. Uh, Eagle, did you get the image of? What I want for uh, our boy Alessandro Arizona. I will. Just give me a bit. Don't worry. Yeah, it shouldn't take you that long to Google the name of the quarterback that I want. So anyway, the three and one. Correct. He only had an hour more. I know. Only only an <laughs> only hour, an hour to, to do it. Only to do it, right? He was probably playing like Pokemon. Like uh, he was. I was watching him. So look, Blue Dreamers are three and one. They're they're hovering up the necks up the necks of these two teams, the infantry and blessed. Um, 
out of the three, like Barry's only might be the weakest quarterback out of the three, but it's again the supporting cast around him that could carry the load. And you know, if he's not having a good football game, and they beat, uh, they had a pretty solid outing against B ballers. Uh, big part, it's not B ballers, they had centaurs. a solid outing on, on the weekend. I don't get the key schedule up here the against centaurs. centaurs, yeah. And that's a trippy affair. Now they got easy W coming up here, they got infantry coming up in two weeks. Sheesh coming up as well. So the next three games will not be easy. Uh, no plan no. to the easy W here, but this can really define their season. Piece that at three and one, if they can take two out of three and be five and two, they're in good shape going towards the final three games of the season. Yeah, um, I've liked this team from the beginning, like from just having seen the roster before the season. Um, it it's it's insanely talented. It's insanely talented. Uh, Alessandro Baratoni. I don't even think he's less talented, like from a raw skill potential. Like I would say, like he's got more arm talent than Stephen Harper saw, right? But he will take more chances because of that arm strength, um, in a way that Stephen Harper saw doesn't take chances. Um, right. So that's the only thing. That's the only thing that may affect him. But it also, that's the thing that makes him special. That's the thing that makes the team special. Is that at any at any time they can have a game breaking play. So that's that's the thing that I I like about the team. That that that's why from day one they've attracted me. Right. And, Not and to I mention think... the, the the THC t- themed uh, team name, which Rob obviously didn't flag because he doesn't know anything about the cannabinoid arts. He's a family man, suburban father now. He doesn't know anything about this stuff. Yeah, he's, he's like a progressive guy. He's a fifties yeah. dad. Yeah, he's, he doesn't know anything about that. But he drinks milk at supper. I'm sure of it. I'm like probably like one percent milk on top yeah. of that. Um, so Eggs, can we get that picture up here? What's going on here, Eggs? Ooh, that's a good question. There you go. Is... <laughs> okay. There you go. What am I looking at? So Barazzoni is the Joe Flacco of this division. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Why? <laughs> can you give me more information? <laughs> I'll tell you why next so wait, week. This, no, is, no. this isn't a. He looks like Joe Flacco. You he just doesn't. wanted me to get a picture of Joe Flacco to make your point visually. Question on, on, mark? No, on the audio podcast. I'm talking about Barazzoni and Dan Zara, who's Barra's boy and, and our homie as well, even had a laugh at this, saying, I can't believe we called him Joe Flacco. The guy ran like Joe Flacco. Like, you know, Joe Flacco can never run. He's not right, Joe Lamar Flacco had a, had a huge running touchdown. His first season was like 70 yards. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like, he, you know, Barra ran like Joe Flacco and he threw the ball like Joe Flacco, the throwing motion. I was like, holy bleep, this guy's Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. But in an FPF form, and I told I go Barry, you are Joe Flacco. That is your new nickname. New nickname is your nickname is Flacco from here on here on in. So please don't talk about. It. I go, bro. I'm going to talk about this nonstop on the podcast next week, bro. Joe Flacco is now an FPF in the form of Alessandro Barzoni. Yeah, I, I I mean I guess I can see it. I didn't see the play, so it's hard for me to visualize. Uh, but I kind of get what you mean in that, like his, you know. He doesn't look as though he's running particularly quick, but he is. He's 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 remarkably quick. Um, I'm trying to get that touchdown run. Um, it was in 2011. Eagle, <laughs> 78. Sorry, no, it's, it's a passing TD. Eagle, can you find out how long Joe Flacco's touchdown run was in 2011? It's remarkably long. You know, seeing Joe Flacco, Flacco now, you couldn't believe that that was the case. You can even really... finding is playoff runs. <laughs> 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 Anyway, so the point is, Barazzoni now is Joe Flacco. So if you see Alexander Barazzoni, call him Joe Flacco. Sounds good. Because he Sounds is good. Joe Flacco. All right, co-ed. Um, Power Rangers, can they afford another loss here and still win the division? 
they do play third down for what twice late in the season here, piece because for Power Rangers and how they've come about, um, it might take only one loss to win the division, but you're going up against a very powerful third down for what for that top crown in that regular season. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't necessarily think this at the beginning of the season, but um, I've increasingly uh, begun begun to get convinced that uh, third down for what is the best. Um, I, 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 yeah, they're, to me, they're going to, they're, they're, the, they're the team to beat. If they don't win the division, it's, it's that they lost it, right? Like I, you know, you're talking about the, 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 the week seven matchup um, and they, they have like a back to back, which is, which is kind of fun. That's always a, a fun scenario. I, I don't, I don't see a scenario where third down for what doesn't win both games. And then of course, when they lose both, we can cut this up and make fun of me. It'll be really fun. Um, well, again, we, we spoke about it before about third down for what they could again with like other teams in this division or league uh, with tackle players coming up with their seasons very soon. Third down for what could be weakened by by the Murphy boys not being there. Um, coaching commitments for Kevin Luban Sarah as well, Parker, right? Twenty touchdowns, one interception. Oh, by the way, so I so Sarah Parker, I saw her uh, at at Brossard this past week, and she's like, "Yeah, you know, we won our game, but I threw my first INT." I go. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. I want you to go sit in the corner in that bench. Think about that mistake and come to think a about your answer. think about your place in FPF. Jesus, exactly right. But I have a really. Good topic if I go a half without throwing an interception, I buy myself a cake. Exactly, but I have a really good topic with Sarah Parker in the quarterback division later on next week about that. But but when I look at right now for for party mix and what they've become, or Power Rangers are very prime for what they've become. I, they can't please. They can't afford another loss because. I don't. I can't see, as you said before, third down for what losing twice in the same yeah. season. It's hard, and that's I don't, why they got. I don't think they'll lose a game. No, I don't think so. But if if Power Rangers are to do it, they have to run the table and not lose for the rest of the season. Yeah, the you know not having Vincent Malo and Valerie Verdi the way they planned, they they just haven't played a single game all season. Uh, that makes it tougher for party mix. Um, you know, it, it's it's a good team. Overall, it just you, you're counting on people. They, they thought the team was gonna be one thing, and Vincent Malo. I think I don't know if it was in my article or if it was um, on the show last week, where I was like, he's not somebody that we know a lot of in FPF, but I've seen him play it, and the guy is amazing. Right. Um, and and Valerie was supposed to have a, a, a valuable contribution to this team as well. Um, but look, Jasmine Farmer, Serge Pilon, Constance Miller. Th- these are names we know from Party Mix, right? This is. That's their core. They need to find a way to carry it through. Um, but can can they become a top two team though, piece? Like in terms of the sorry for Power Rangers. I, I was like I was very confused because they're playing Party Mix this week. Power Rangers, what I meant, so. yeah. But it goes into our next topic though, right? With Party Mix, Power yeah. Rangers, right? Like Power Rangers, we know cannot lose a game. Party Mix are two losses right now. Yeah. Can they become a contender for the top two seed in their playoff side of the bracket? You mean Party Mix? Party Mix, exactly. Because um, they're in fourth place right now at two and two. I mean, they always are, Because right? Francois, Francois Delorier, who I am, I am Francois Delorier. Um, he, he's he's gifted, right? We know he's a good quarterback. Um, he's been good in uh, co-ed for a while. Um, the team itself, like Emma Racine, is a talent, and the fact that to me she's only been targeted ten times um, in four weeks is a shame. Well, sorry, well, she only played three games, but still, like, you need to get her more than three targets a game. She's 
She's phenomenal. She's probably one of the best players in the division. I remember Alexis Dubois, I once said like, hey, I, I think she'll be all right. And then Alexis Dubois, who co- covers the division, like chewed me out because he's like, no, no, you need to put some respect on her immediately because she's probably the best player in the division. And you need to, you need to do better research on, co- on co-ed, which I've started to do. And I, he's right. Um, she's, she's awesome. So uh, she needs to get the ball more. Uh, right now it's been too Johnson focused and Quaid and Lonnie uh, getting the bulk of the work. Um, yeah. And I think like to me, Emma Racine is someone who you can consistently count on, especially like third and fourth down. Uh, she's just really good at get, getting the ball in tight places. She's really good at, um, at being just a solid possession receiver that helps extend drives. That's, that's only a stat. Like we, we've taken so many stats and, and even at that, we don't even know a lot of times like in the season, who are the people getting the first downs, right? Like, who are right. the people sustaining drives? And just by watching the watching her play, she's always that person. Um, and and to me, um, it, it would behoove Francis Laurier to use her more. Did I use behoove right? It's one of those words yeah, I don't use did. often. You nice well. Eagles Pokemoning. So yeah, I didn't get a clarification from my producer. Is it? Yeah, I know. I know the word is that. I'm asking <laughs> if I used it right. Well, here here's the thing, though, right? When Jerk. I when I look at this. It's a duty or responsibility for someone to do something. Yeah, so use it. Yeah, so it would behoove him to use her properly. Emma, the the behoove Racine. And by the way, she was playing for Ying and Yang last season when we had the last season for FPF and Fall Cup last year. Simon? She was playing for for Ying and Yang last Fall Cup. So she's a very good talent. Exactly. And, And it goes to my next topic about we have some really good female quarterbacks in this division but peas when you look at the top 10 receivers it's all males yeah. why haven't we seen more of a presence from the females to be a top 10 receiver in this division look it is there's just a lot more experience from the male receivers right you see a guy like alex david who has like i don't know 1200 catches in fpf like he's obviously you know a guy who has faith from his quarterback in, in a sense. Sarah Parker will look there because he's an established receiver in FPF and, and the, the female receivers don't yet have um, that gravitas because th- they're just newer to, to flag football. But to me, like, again, y- you see yourself, your team kind of struggling with two losses already and you don't get someone as talented as Emma Racine involved. What chances does anybody else have? What chance do the right. other female receivers have if, if, if that's still a struggle? Um, I think... It's just going to improve over time. And, and we've seen, one thing we've seen from Cord from day one is that the strength of your team is in the females. Because if you're playing four on six, you're not going to win games, right? Yeah. So um, I, I think that the cream will rise to the top. And we've seen it in the finals every year. It's always one of the female receivers that makes a big play, whether it's a, it's a key touchdown, whether it's, it's sustaining a drive. Because again, it's not always the flashy plays. It's Sometimes you just need someone to convert on you know third and three and they've locked up your, your, your top two male receivers, um, and you need to be you need to have that co- that confidence and that comfort level with your female receivers, and and it's gonna pay it, it's gonna um, it's gonna hurt the quarterbacks who don't go to them often enough, because the talent is yeah. the talent in, in Coed's out of this world. Yeah, it is, but you know, and Alexa Dubois can probably answer this question better than we can. But I, I, and it, honestly, but it, the, the, this is based on a conversation I had with him because I, I said, well, you know, like. How good are these girls? Because this is early on when I didn't cover uh, co-ed at all. I, it, it was very complimentary to to our league at the beginning. 
and he said, dude, like, come watch some games. And I, and I took him up on that. I watched some games, and I said, you know, th- these girls are amazing. Like, Well, some of them are coming from college-level, you know, Canadian national teams type of thing, soon-to-be university teams. So, yeah, they know their football and everything. It's just maybe the their knowledge of FPF though, systems are less. Maybe it's I, and I think it's a reputation thing. with their teams. I think yeah. it's a reputation thing where, where a lot of times in FPF, it's like any other sport where people with the reputation of being good receivers – Get a lot of targets, and and yeah, but, but they're just newer team. to the league. Yeah, I know, but but you know, if you have a talented female receiver, use it, use yeah. them. Don't, I, don't I'm telling you, like, I got Alex Davis who makes forty five million catches per season. Well, I think they're down you, for what is like the exceptional circumstance, right? Any team with a female quarterback means there's potentially one less female receiver yeah. on the field. So at least there, you can say, okay, fine, there's a justification for it. But for the other teams, it's inexcusable. It is. It, it, it's just. It's just. It's just quizzical in my mind that the top ten receivers are all guys, and we don't have a female cracking that top ten for receivers. Yeah, like if I had Jasmine Farmer on my team, I would force feed her the ball constantly. She's amazing. Behoove and like, quizzical in the same segment. Just wow. I had another one too. I had another one. I too used that boozle like, today. Yeah, it's pretty oh, good. Here, you're like, look. If you want peace, I mean, look. If you want uh, a list of, you know, terms I have, I have them all right here, man. Nice. That's pretty good. Do you have the weather have, in there? Uh, no, no, no. I don't do weather. Uh, I, I only do weather when, when I'm in the weather s- studio. That's when yeah. I or, or like, like Even like like the fact that Constance Miller has nine catches to me. Okay, she had 21 targets. But so like I don't know. I'm not – I haven't seen the game. So like I don't know if it's uh, – and again, reach out to me if I don't have the information right. But is she just not getting high, high uh, efficiency targets or is she just having a rough season? Because when I've seen her play – I was super, super impressed by her. Yeah. So um, I think that, again, the, the teams that uh, use the female receivers better will succeed long-term. Um, and I think over time, we're going to see them become more of a dominant presence uh, as receivers. It's just a matter of time before people uh, start to recognize uh, these names so. as, as being the top players in the division because they absolutely are. The, 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 the top females in this division are up there with the top men. Right, we go to division. We go to division D now. Uh, Johnny Fireball. Yeah, they're undefeated in their in their run so far. I don't um, know if I know them from playing against them or if I know them by watching them play, um, because so it, some teams have changed team name or or some, just I'm less familiar with the team names. Um, the fact that they came up a division and are doing this well so early is really impressive. Um, but you had a you had a stat that made you doubt their their excellence. Four, their four wins have come against teams with a combined record of one and eleven. Is this fool's gold? So you're thinking I've been too effusive with my praise? I worked in effusive. Well, geez, I mean, look, it, it goes back to the old FPF. Uh, you know, a team goes ten and zero in the regular season, and they get bounced one and done in the playoffs. Right. So this is the classic strength of schedule debate, of which we haven't pulled the metrics yet. No, like we can't fault them because we don't we don't know because it's not the NFL where we can predetermine who they face the following year. No, but it's not like that. The the false kings argument, as we always refer. Are you are you giving false kings? Is this false kings? False kings? Are we are we doing our first gold? But I mean, if we're gonna go, are we doing false kings for the first time of the season? Our yes, we are. We are false false kings. kings. Let's go. False False kings. kings. There you go. Um, so I'm I'm hesitant to call them false kings because both Eagle and I play them this season. So, uh, but Mokan calls them, calls them false kings. Um, 
the test is this week though, Glow Gang, right? Like I know Glow Gang are not the best version of themselves without uh, without Arnold Desjardins. But the one thing I will say about especially early in the season, the strength of schedule argument, part of the reason that the teams they've played against have such a bad record is they've also beat those teams. So four of those losses, four of those 11 losses are at the hands of Johnny Fireball. So they're really one in seven instead. Than yeah. That. yeah. So, I mean, it's still I mean, not great. No. <laughs> you know. Actually, ratio-wise, that might actually be worse. <laughs> well, no. It, uh, the percentage is still worse. Per- yeah, one in 11. Guess, yeah. That's yeah, how math you know, works, Eagle. <laughs> if there was another win in there, then then your point would be taken. Right, but but you know, again, we can't fault them for the schedule. But yeah. now they get, you know, a glow gang team, a, a lockdown team that's you know annoying, but they can keep up with them. Uh, I mean, there's there's not many tough teams on their schedule, Peters. I mean, trap stars maybe, tough lungs perhaps, uh, hot sauce sports, and undefeated hot sauce sports. Yeah, you know, knock on wood. But I mean, so I mean, look, there aren't any. The the, no. the last so so Glow Gang again they faced Glow Gang is their first test although it's not the strongest version of Glow Gang like we said no it is week eight and nine are probably going to be the hardest matchup but it's it, like the end of season vultures tough lungs John, uh, trap stars hot sauce sports there's not a, there's not a given win in those four right like no they're statistically playing for the better teams in the division so although like I said I'm ty- I'm I hate that I end my season on that game they terrify me. You so, know, so we we replace Fireball with Johnny False Kings. Johnny False, Johnny False Ball. I like Johnny False Ball. False Kings so, Fireball. False Kings Fireball. Yeah, so yeah. they're my False Kings right now. They're the False I, Kings. I okay. Division D. You have your first False Kings. It false is Johnny King. Fireball. Johnny Fire. Johnny False Kings. But honestly, um, I, I do like them, and, and Edward Arsenault is too good to be playing in Division D. Plain and simple. Well, prove me wrong, False Kings. Look from from the list of one win teams in this division D. Who can you forecast that can probably crash without apology and, and make a run for a playoff spot? Because there are some decent one win teams in this division here, Peas. And when we look at that right now, I think there are there are a couple of teams that can perhaps move up the ladder and make a big uh, bigger noise moving towards the second half of the season. So if we look at the one-win teams, let's, I'll, I'll list them off to start. Uh, Kiss my end zone. We talked about the roster, re, the early season roster reconstruction, uh, which is looking to pay dividends. They won their first game this week. Stoic surprised me at one and two. Tough Lung surprised me at one and two. Spears Legion is moving up a division. So that doesn't entirely surprise me. Um, Fighting Alini surprised me at one and two. Um, yeah, yeah. They, that, that surprised me too. Clinkers again, um, country. You can't put the team behind the eight ball like that. Uh, by by, for a quarterback to miss ten plays is a big deal. Yeah, um, but it's so much. It's so awesome when it gets like. Oh yeah, annoyed. from from a narrative standpoint, I love it. Um, I also think there's just something off about that team, and I can't quite place what exactly is missing. But it does feel like something's missing on that team. Uh, top season we've talked about again. The top the top end talent of top season makes them a contender at all times. I just don't know what's going on with the quarterback and, and all, that, all the things we talked about before, right? And the leftovers at one and three, that's a that's a really, really tough start. I had high hopes from from for them because back going back to their uh their kingdom days with the 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 Chechere boys. Um yeah. I if I look at this, so like in conference A I'll tell you who I think. I think Kiss My End Zone will be fine. I think Stokes will be fine. I think Tough Lungs will be fine. Um, and then on the other side, it's fighting Elini. 
And then, like, there's a separation at that point. I'd love nothing else than for clinkers and top season to prove me wrong. I have friends on both those teams. Like, they're guys I've played with and guys who I just like hanging with, you know? And so I I want nothing more f- than to be wrong about those teams. But right now, the only one and two team I have any faith in to improve is, is fighting Alini. Right now, on that side of the division, three wins could get you 9, 10, 11, or 12 in the playoff spots. Yeah. It's not really, it's not really uh, puffing up the chest here, piece of, of team, of the depth of teams or quality teams that will get into the playoffs here. So when I'm, starting team, to see, when I'm starting to see in Division D is there's a mass d- difference between the top and bottom of the division. Well, that's the question, right? Are we like, seeing there's, there's two, there's two Div Ds. Right. And we're seeing that separation right now that we have the favorites now in the VIP room and everyone else waiting outside in the club line trying to get into this spot because they know they're not going to get in right away. Well, like, so this is the opposite of the V, right? Like, if I look at the standings, it's what I expected going into the season. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I wrong or? You're like, absolutely right. You like, Maybe not Johnny Fireball because they were an unknown, but. Johnny we, we, we knew Bruins going to be great. We knew Glow Gang would be slightly less good. We knew Vultures would be good. We knew Blackouts would be good. We knew Voodoo. Well, Voodoo, they had a bad last season, so now this season's going to be mm-hmm. good. Um, new guys, the, you know, the, the, the U uh, pedigree, they always end up being good no matter what. So uh, nothing really surprises me, and so that's that's kind of what we're in, we ended up with so far. Right. Uh, the best Who, who's a team do you think can surprise us? They can't rise out of that sort of um, second-tier talent. I think, like I think, top season, they, like they intrigue me. I know Andel hates on us, or he hates on me most of the new guys. But yeah, I mean, I, I think if they can get their if they can get their act together and, and just figure out their quarterback position and not get off to slow starts, they can make a run. They they could. I mean, look, we saw it right with top season when they in that whole playoff run when they won. What was it like? They won division. They got relegated. And they got relegated and then smashed everyone in the playoffs. Right. Exactly. So I mean, they they can do that. I mean, they can do that. And look, if they get the playoffs as a as a ten seed, you know, and the whoever they play in the next round, they do get by in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they can make some noise. So I'll go top season, but they got to figure out the quarterback play, and they got they got to figure out the deficiencies on the roster of hey. We got playmakers, but we need to get the ball in their hands if we're going to make noise in this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Ryan McGrath the quarterback when they won the championship? He might have been. I forget. Because I, I remember him taking over at one point during the playoffs. Or I did Bradley Perron right. take over from Ryan McGrath? Yeah, and I think I think you are right about that. But again, it, it's it's all about cap. It's all about having the right guy in place, and if they can figure it out, they'll they'll be okay in that sense. But speaking yeah. of receivers. Who it is was the hurricane best? Hurricane season, by the way, yeah. that he was a quarterback for, and they got bounced in the quarterfinals. No, but they, they won a championship. Uh, they won a FPF Cup, maybe. No, they won a championship when they got. They, when yeah, they but got done. McGrath was not the QB. So, so, so McGrath was QB. Um, I'm looking. There's a championship on his page. I think he was the QB during the season and was replaced by Bradley Perron for for the finals. Probably, yeah. It was one of the so two like, things. Who is the best receiver in this division piece? <laughs> I mean, if you ask me that, um, I think the three best receivers are on my team, but uh, I'll exclude, I'll exclude those three um, for for the sake of conversation. Um, it's tough. Like like 
I think I like Ryan Vance a lot. I've been a fan of his uh, from the beginning, uh, but from a like a raw skill set, I think I have, I have sort of like a a three headed horse in uh, Michael Kazaka, Justin Lerner, and who was the other one? And Tim Horner. I've been a huge Tim Horner fan from like before I was even in FPF Media. I saw him playing like Div Three. Ran, I saw him playing like a random game, and I was like, "Who is that guy? He's really good." Um, and yeah, Mike Kazaka from day one in FPF was dominant, is continuing to be dominant. Um, and the body control on Justin Lerner is ridiculous. But of course, they're secondary to my three receivers. So they're the, the uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth best guys. Etienne Brisson is my favorite. Etienne Brisson is really good too, by the way. Yeah, that's a good point. He's really good. Yeah, I mean, he's I, very good. I, I think for LSA, they, they have themselves a stud receiver. I think uh, no disrespect, Pete, no disrespect, Eagle, to Jared a lot. Uh, I think your boy Buccaneer kind of forces the ball to him a lot because he's probably the most gifted player in your roster. And you know, look, stats don't lie, Mo. That's how the award goes to. <laughs> for sure, for sure, right? But there's, but, there's, but a, there's a lot of there's a lot of amazing talent. Like Kevin Donnett's really good. Uh, just as a guy who works well in space, um, Angelo the Rangers having a good season. Darren Magizian, Magizian's having a good season for them. Yeah, well, Darren, Darren's always been that, right? Darren, uh, the Wrangler, he's uh, he's a guy who just gets, he's a possession receiver. He gets a ton of targets, and he he helps sustain drives. Um, and I like seeing seeing Zach Zwern in this division is also kind of nonsense, right? Like, he's basically a borderline Div One talent playing in Div D. Yeah, it's unfortunate though. We won't have a guy who will go perfect for targets. In receptions, yeah. So I, I threw a ball to uh, John Sebastian Roussy's feet, my snapper, yeah. and he got he got mad at me. I never thought the targets thing would would you know come back to quarterbacks, but he got upset with me. He's like, I had a perfect rate. Like you threw the ball away. Why? Just put it on me or throw it somewhere else. Throw it out of bounds. Oh, don't worry. I, I would have ruined it for him anyway. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So so I was looking at the stats, the career stats here, guys. Are you ready for for uh, career stats? Yes or no? I got your stats ready for you, boys. Um, okay. Whose career stats are we looking at? All right. I'm not going to tell you what it is. So we're going to start with Eagle, okay? Okay. So Eagle, I, I was looking at it. I go, I go, man, Eagle's been in this league for a long time, right? And I was like, man, he, he must – because I thought about the game you had against um, Hot Sauce, right, how well you played. And I said to myself, I go, man, Eagle's been in this league for a very long time. And I said, let me look at his career stats. Seven touchdowns. Eagle. No, no, no. But Eagle, did you know? By the way, I love your, your profile pick. It's the best. Yeah, that's um, good. Eagle, did really, you know? Are we, are we really doing us here? Yeah, this is, like, Jesus, this is the most masturbatory or... segment we've ever had. Eagle, you're Hello. one INT away from 20 in your career. That's actually pretty shitty, honestly. That's pretty. That's pretty low. <laughs> pretty awful. We yeah. talking about man? He's got how many guys? How many people can say this? Okay, Eagle, considering he we, plays me every season, he should have like twenty in those games. But Eagle might be a part of an, an exclusive club. Also, here. you're 20... doing this wrong, Mo, because this is regular season. You also have to go with tournaments. Oh, I suppose. Oh, never mind. I have nothing. Never mind. Exactly. <laughs> so you did it right. <laughs> Eagle might pull off a trifecta here. He'd be in an exclusive club of 20 INTs, 20 sacks, and 75 PDs. How many guys have done that in their career? I don't know. Do you have the answer, Mo? I don't have the answer, but I'm just saying, though, how many guys have done that, okay? 
Five. Anyway, anyway, but it gets better though. For Peasy. Peasy. Interceptions that we're doing? No, 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 Peasy. No, no, Peasy, my friend. I don't know if you know this, and we're going to do something special for you because I feel like this is like one of those special moments. Remember when Drew Brees broke the passing yard record for the Saints and they stopped the game and they gave him a standing ovation and gave him a football? Hey, congratulations, Drew Brees, on doing this and this. Mm-hmm. PZ, I don't know if you know this or not. I have no idea. Uh, get ready for this number here, PZ, okay? If you are able to do this in your next game, PZ, for your career, you, my friend, can – Hit 19,000 passing yards in your career. There we go. If you're able to get 195 yards in your next game. Just Im- imagine if they took track of interception yards, it'd probably be also 19,000. Well, Pees, you have some there. pretty good stats, Pees. You're about to hit 350 touchdown he's, passes in your he's career. He's extremely close. If you count playoff stats, he's way over Mo. So, however, Wait, but from a regular data, season, from a regular season perspective, though. All these clauses. <laughs> in regular seasons, not tournaments. No, yeah. no, we're going regular season. He hey, is, and I'll and I'll have nineteen thousand yards and six six hundred plus catches. So, how many people can do that? Tell me, Eagle. How many guys have Lots that in their career? Sure. Huh? You, if you actually give me criteria, <laughs> I can tell you the number of people. Well, you should know this, Eagle, but I don't think you do. Anyway, yeah. Division A, Division B. Uh, the All Stars now, peas are making a run up the rankings. They look like they found their groove. And this might be more than a two-horse race. They might be the third horse that is picking up uh, uh, the the betting odds in their favorite uh, column here to make a run for maybe a top seed and perhaps a Division A title. So it's tough. Um, it's for, for the two reasons. It's tough to bet against Kevin Wyeth because his name is synonymous with flight plus football. If you open a Merriam-Webster dictionary and someone scratched out some other words and wrote Fly Plus Football, they would then post a picture of Kevin Wyeth next to the um, next to the, the words. Forever, the Division One, Division A Quarterback of the Year trophy was essentially the Kevin Wyeth trophy. Um, it's a good team. The thing is, I do think they have the third strongest roster, which is saying a lot because Jared Taylor, Anthony Von Dram, um, it's, it's a ridiculously strong team. But to me, Braves and Contraband are are the, the two horses leading the race. Like, well, their schedule next four games, they will face uh, or just Medic Braves back to back and Contraband in the next four. So, so would you be surprised if uh, they beat Urgence Medic and then lose the next three games, despite being again just almost as good as those two teams. Yeah, I, I would be surprised because I, I think they can split with Braves. But I'll say this, though, right? The Braves are or 4-0. I, can't, I cannot fathom the All-Stars having two losses and winning this division on two losses. I don't think they will. I, I think, yeah. And, and there's a risk that they leave there with four losses. Because they've already got the one. They do. And, and let's not forget, again, I, 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 to... I don't think it's likely, but it wouldn't surprise me if they leave with four losses. And they lost a contraband earlier in the season. I believe week yeah. one or week two, whenever it was. But let's not forget, Pease, was week that one. Jared Taylor, again, his commitment to the University of Montreal football comes into play August 6th and beyond. Yeah. You lose that weapon. Yeah, it's a big loss because watching him play with Kevin Wyeth, it's it's like Kevin Wyeth and him have been like Jerry Rice and Steve Young out there. Yeah, it's um, it, it would it would be a blow. It would absolutely be a blow. 
uh, five of his 17 catches already being touchdowns. Um, you know, he's recorded an interception already, so it's he, he's important on both sides of the ball. And he gives them he a is, bit of youth that is needed on this He team. does, he does. But now, you know, I'm sure Wise will, will play some of Van Tram, who's, uh, who's only played one game so far out of four. Yeah. But, you know, you got Pat Jerome. Does he, not, some... does he not fit the cap? Is that why like, he's there to replace Jared Taylor and get playoff eligibility? Is a, that, is I don't that know. Good? That's a really good question. That's a really good question, which if I don't know if he's my answer to that question. But I mean, I can do the math later. But How about you do yeah. it now? <laughs> Perhaps you can do it now. But, but the thing is, if they have a full roster and they're fully loaded that can play, mm-hmm. I, if I'm contraband or, or Braves, I don't want to play him in the first round of the playoffs. Because obviously yeah. we had the playoff format one versus two. Winner moves on to the final two. Loser of that game plays winner three versus four. If All Stars were to win, I mean, I wouldn't want to play them in that next round of games that they would have. Oh, like there's there's no Kevin Wyatt still has that Michael Jordan Tiger Woods feel where there's an aura of intimidation. The only team I think that's exempt at this point is Joe Marion Braves, just because they kind of came in with that chip on their shoulder that they were going to be the best team in FPF. Yeah, and they haven't been disproven. So um, I still think that when Kevin Wyatt takes the field, um, there is an intimidation. It's, it's like Tiger wearing the, the red polo on Sunday, right? Like that's right. – if I was Kevin Wyatt, I'd say show up to, to finals every time with a red polo, right? Like it's it's that kind of that kind of feel. And um, it's always going to be terrifying. But I do think, again, the Braves and All-Stars have a slightly better roster – I don't know. I don't know Chernobyl. I don't. I, don't, I, I didn't expect well, him to be strong. Thing, though. I didn't expect him to struggle this much. Well, peace. They and it goes up to our next topic here. Or just Medic choke. It's almost like Or just Medic choke their game against uh, Chernobyl. Yeah. Score, three score lead and lose whatever it was. Thirty-three, thirty. Does division B with that loss by Urjas Medic? Does that open up division B to everyone no. else behind them to win that division? No, I don't think so. You don't like, think so? Even even with what's going on right now in that division, with what we have, with two losses, Urjas Medic BYOB at one loss and everyone else at two losses here, more or less. So you don't think any of these teams can maybe make a run at Urjas Medic for the first seed? I mean, I think they can. Um, I still think Urjas Medic is the best team, but it's. <laughs> To me, there's there's a gap between Urzans Mezik, BYOB, and everyone else in the division. Um, those two teams are the only two that I think can legitimately even push um, the, 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 the Div A teams in a significant way. Um, so, to me, the lowest I see Urzans Mezik finishing the season is the second seed. Just because I, I personally really like BYOB also. I've been high on them since preseason. I think Urzans Medic just fell asleep at the wheel in their yeah. loss to Chernobyl, and they. Do, do you see that happening again? Like, how often would that happen? No, I, I can't see them losing again. But they, they just, they, they just lost focus, lost concentration. Uh, Justin Dupuis, these guys just had some unforced errors. So I, wasn't, that, I wasn't there, Mo. Um, I was there. I saw it. You, they they do, had some bad, bad errors. So I, I have, I have seen this from Justin Dupuis before. Um. Sometimes when they're up, it feels like rather than just sort of killing clock and, and taking the win, he's always looking for the, the kill shot, and that's where he tends to make mistakes. Yeah, and Is I'll tell you what the play where they lost it. They, they had Pat Jerome playing for them. Jerome ran a corner out, wide open, no one within five yards of him. He overthrew him. 
He overcooked. He overcooked the pass. I see Justin and, Leonard play that game too. Four targets, only one catch. Were, were they off yeah. target or just a rough game for Justin? No, it's you know, there's no there's no um, telepathy with him and, and Justin Leonard. Yeah. Okay. Right? And two guys that, are not familiar. Exactly. And and when he when there was too much meat on that pass going towards Jerome, that's when Chernobyl won that game. And that's why I just think now with this loss, at two losses, it kind of opens the door a little bit, a little bit for the other teams to catch up to them. And I look at get off my Dean in KGB chaps here to wrap it up here, please. I think they've underachieved. I don't know what they're missing from the rosters, but both these teams should be better than what they've shown so far this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, yes and no. Like, did, did you, cons- did you think they would be one of the top, like, let's say KGP, did you, did you have them pegged as, a top two team in the division. I, th- I think they're about yeah. where we expected. You had them better uh, than BYOB be better. or Jean Smedzik? I thought they'd be better. I really did, Pease. I really thought that KGP would be much more competitive and they would be at least, at least two and one, uh, or two and two, a big important at this point in the year. I know Phil Kelly did not play their game last week in Laval. Well, but so that because they of, could have been two and two at that point, right? Like could have been, would have been, and they, they lost to. Um, so wait, 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 wait. So you think they would have either beaten Urgence Medzik or get off RD or BYOB with Phil Cutler? Yeah, Phil Cutler didn't play last week, so I it, it, it was Quade Johnson. I know, but but Phil Cutler has beaten these teams before. Yeah, I just. Like I said, like I don't it, think they're beating Rajas Medzik. I don't. The and get off our D game is get off our a D. coin toss, and then BYOB. If it's a close game, I'm su- I'm surprised. Like I wasn't there for that game, but I'm surprised it was that close. Uh, BYOB only winning twenty five six. Yeah, it, it's well BYOB again was was messing around. They they had a triple double and messed around, but. Yeah, and they only had six they, possessions. Like they scored four, four to six possessions. Yeah, you know, maybe so one I, I was at the end of half or whatever, and that changes the game. I just think both teams are underachieved. I think KGB should be a lot better than what they are. And get off our D, they're just missing something. I mean, they were competitive with all stars, but they just. But I think that fly. I think what's going to happen more likely is those the bottom four teams in Div B will beat up on each other. Yeah, they'll cannibalize each other and go. And, and that's you know. That's what we'll see, like KGP junkyard dogs get up for D here for years. They, they, they're gonna, they'll all end up sort of middle of the pack, and one of those teams will be unlucky enough to not make the playoffs. For sure, like the There's, the the brighter days for KGP are to come, absolutely. And I the fact so. that they stole a game against Chernobyl uh, to me is a big deal. Um, like you know, they play they play contraband this week, but then they have a rematch against Get Off RD here for the beers and junkyard dogs back to back to back to back. So yeah. They have three winnable games. So, would I be shocked if they finished the season four and ten after winning those three? No. Well, we'll find out then. And, and there's still some racetrack to play for all these teams here, but we'll see what happens. It is now time for games of the week. I'm never not going to say that piece. Slowest so, if you minutes. want to do it, Slowest a different one. Slow to minutes. Let's yeah. name a segment. Um, let's try and do this a little do bit faster than our last time, Mo. Because yeah, so last yeah. time you stretch. Yeah, this is, we keep making a mistake because Rob used to give us shit for putting anal- oh, for not giving geez, analysis with our picks. But we we're doing a lot of analysis this season. So for this yeah. segment, just the pick, All just right, the pick. Go. All right, you ready, Mo? Yes. All right, here we go. Division A and B. All stars. So what Ken Watts has to do. 
<laughs> All stars. All stars. <laughs> Contraband KGP. Contraband. Contraband. Chernobyl 21, Junkyard Dogs. Chernobyl 21. Yeah, I'll go Chernobyl. Get off our D, BYOB. BYOB. BYOB, please. Very interesting so far. <laughs> Here yeah. for the Beers, Braves. 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 All right, Division C, Easy W, Blue Dreamers. Dreamers. Easy W. Ooh. Mangoose versus the South Harmon Institute of Technology. Shit. Um, I'm going to say shit as well because you should be people goose in 2021. Sheesh versus blessed. Ooh. That's a social blessed. media handle if I ever saw one. Blessed. <laughs> I'll go blessed as well. B-ballers, top sauce. B-ballers. Yeah. The infantry, les centaurs. That's a fun this, game. This is the Rossi game here, right? Like yeah. this connection with the Rossi boys and infantry. Give me infantry. This is the game that was born out of the screaming match. So give me the infantry. Balls deep, silent ticklers. Balls deep. Ticklers. Les gros coq, les centaurs. That is a double header for the centaur, by the way, Monday night. Gros coq. Centaur. Pardon my swag and PDs and Negronis Division D. PMS. PMS. Top season, the leftovers. Top season. Yeah, top season. Loyola, los siete amigos. LSA. Same. Kiss my end zone, Sparrow's Legion. Kiss my end zone. Sparrow's Legion. Mm. Vultures, the Stoics. Stoics. Vultures. Trap stars, replacements. Trap stars. Replacements. Johnny Fireball, Glow Gang. Glow Gang. Give me Johnny Fireball. Voodoo, Arush. Arush. Yeah, I, I think it's a trap game. Yeah, Arush. Lockdown, Mean Girls. That's your Lockdown. nemesis. I'm going to go neat Mean Girls. Thanks, Mo. Bruins, Ball in 60s. Bruins. Um, Bruins, but I think they're gonna they're gonna find out ball and sixties are better than they thought. The new guys, clinkers. Clinkers. Yeah, I'll go clinkers. Hot sauce sports, tough lungs. Can't pick it. Hot sauce sports by fifty. Hot sauce sports, please. Blackouts, fighting, fighting Alini. Blackouts. Yeah, blackouts. Tuts and parlays, Le Bleu. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, sorry. Wait. Give me, give me Alini, please. Alini, please. Okay, fine. Alini, Alini, Alini. Done. Alini. Okay, Tuts and parlays, Blue Brawlers. Tuts and parlays. Tuts. Division E, Quantrium FFC Ravens. 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 They bounce back. Suicide Squad, save the Turtles. Turtles, man. Very good. Suicide Squad. Green means go. Oscars Hockey School. Oscars. Green means go. I got to do it eventually. Balls deep. Menace to sobriety. Menace. Balls deep. Oreos. Les mythiques. Oreos. Les Chevaliers de Rohan. Melons. 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 Trailer Park Boys. V-Town. V-Town. Trailer Park Boys. Blast from the past. Dilly Dilly. That's a fun game. Dilly Dilly. Yeah, Dilly Dilly. The Bad Batch. Pinchellos. Bad Batch, you let me down, man. I can't believe Pinchellos. I have to pick Pinchellos. Pinchellos. And Brewers, Rainmakers. 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 Co-ed, Fighting Tigers, Les Semi-Croquins. Tigers. tigers. Fantastic win. Nine, Yin and Yang. Yin and Yang. Yin and Yang. 
La Secte, third down for what? Third down for what? Third down for what? And Party Mix, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. It's a good game, though. Party Mix. Party Mix. You think this is the upset? Yep, Party Mix. All right. Check it. That was pretty good, guys. A little bit faster next time, though. Yeah, a little Just a bit. We're going to get there. We're off about 30 seconds on our music, and I like that music, so I don't want to change it. It's true. Well, Diggs, when you have like 85 million games in 30 seconds, it's humanly impossible. You need to think faster, Mo. That's why you throw interceptions. I try never thinking, to be honest. That's also why you throw interceptions. But 19,000 passing yards without thinking. True, true. On the cuts, we're going to stop the game and give you the game ball, okay? It's my own ball. I own it. <laughs> I always get the game ball. We're, we're going to arrange for that to happen, okay? All right. Perfect. Cannolis and a game ball just a couple weeks away. What a, what a career. What a season. Seriously. Magic words, please. You? You got what I need. Good night, Chris Paul. And the Phoenix Suns. So last night, last time I went with Chris Paul, this time I go with Bismarcky, and then you finish Chris Paul. Yeah. Live the table. Good night, Ron Francis, assembling a very mediocre expansion draft team. I'm back next week in studio. Yeah. Woo!